Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Final half hour of this episode. Then I'm heading off into the weekend. Going to spend some good time with my beautiful baby daughter, Piper, and my gorgeous wife. Can't wait for that. Uh, before I go, though, we have a, a few remaining topics to cover. Uh, let me, though, first ask you, have you voted yet? Yeah, we're all, but we're, we're voting by mail this year. Have you filled out your ballot, dropped it off? you got to get that postmarked here pretty soon. June 30th, that's election day, that's the deadline. Uh, but you don't need to wait. Why don't you do it here before the weekend takes hold? If you've got the, the ballot there, sit down, fill it out, sign it, drop it in the mail. You and I will rock the vote here from home together, along with everyone else here at KSL News Radio. It's important stuff. But while we're talking about this voting, let me ask you this question. Do you think that your decisions... Do you think that your decision, specifically in the primary races this year, have been impacted by the coronavirus? Specifically, if you are in a position to vote in the Republican primary for governor. Do you think that the, the coronavirus, or has the coronavirus, impacted uh, the, the circle you filled in as you cast your vote this primary race? Has the appointment of Spencer Cox to head the COVID-19 Community Task Force, has that changed your attitude? Either to support uh, or look to others to support. Does it make you more or less supportive of Spencer Cox? Well, it's an interesting conversation to have. And it came to mind uh, after a series of tweets from the Lieutenant Governor just the other day. He writes... Hey, friends, over the past few weeks, this again, Spencer Cox. Hey, friends, over the past few weeks, I've been a little less visible in our state's coronavirus response. That was deliberate. With daily criticism coming from other campaigns, I was worried that my public involvement might hurt our team's response in this critical time. Now, what's that, what's that criticism? What is that criticism? There was a, a debate uh, a short time ago, 10 days ago, as a matter of fact, between the four GOP gubernatorial candidates, this uh, debate was brought together or put together by KUTV. And in it, there is some of the criticism mentioned here by Spencer Cox. In particular, uh, John Huntsman Jr. criticizes the task force, claiming that it's become political. My only 
uh, complaint uh, early on was that the COVID task force was being used for political purposes, in, uh, in my opinion. The, the task force should be run by experts and professionals. The governor should lead it, set the priorities, and then the professionals should do their work. That's why they're there. And uh, to me, it was an example of where it had been used inappropriately for political purposes. Spencer Cox claims that that is not true. That same evening, June 16th, uh, Thomas Wright, also running for governor, had this to say on the same topic. Utahns can be trusted to do the right thing, and that's why we did well. This is a typical pattern that we see with our current lieutenant governor, is that they take credit when things are going really well. The reason that Utah did well in the pandemic is because we had responsible businesses and citizens who took it seriously, who helped each other out, who did things the Utah way. It wasn't government that did it, just like it's not government who built our economy. We have to recognize that what did happen with Lieutenant Governor on the task force, the things that he was directly in control of, were the things that went awry. The no-bid contracts, the $800,000 on a medicine contracted for $8 million, an app for $6.6 million that violates our civil liberties that still isn't working. The things that he was directly control and over are the very things that aren't working, and then he wants to take credit for the things that the people of the state of Utah did. I think the people should get the credit. All right. Uh, now, that's two of the four candidates. Uh, Greg Hughes, former Speaker of the Utah House, also had something to say uh, on Facebook just this past Wednesday. He said, quote, uh, Lieutenant Governor apparently feels that it's okay to continue trampling on our constitutional rights, just like when they shut down churches, approved of communist-style snitch hotlines, and crippled Utah's economy. He went on, if Cox and Herbert were willing to cede their leadership and sacrifice our personal liberties just one week before the election, Imagine what they'll do on July 1st. Enough is enough. Let's end the government-imposed economic downturn spiral, downward spiral. Let's demand that the state protect individual liberty. All right. So it has clearly become political. And the, the impact of that or how far this politicization goes is really up to you in these last few days before you submit your ballot. Now, I'm not telling you one way or the other which way to go. I'm not sure. A lot of claims are going back and forth, and uh, I've got my own mind to make up. Uh, and so do you. And so let me share with you just a few of my observations on this back and forth. There are claims leveled against Lieutenant Governor Cox in his position as the task force leader. And that, uh, you know, Governor Gary Herbert, who is endorsing Spencer Cox for governor uh, in some calculated fashion, uh, brought that appointment about in an effort to elevate the visibility of Spencer Cox during this election uh, season. Now, it's up to you as to whether or not that actually happened, or it's up to you as to whether or not you've been impacted by his position on this task force. What I would point out as a, a little bit of evidence against uh, that being the case is if you look at the timeline, President Donald Trump, when this whole coronavirus was rearing its head, uh, months and months ago when I was still uh, able to broadcast from the studio and not uh, sequestered away in my guest bedroom, when, Gov when uh, President Trump appointed, or formed rather, the task force at the federal level, he appointed his number two, the vice president. At the state level, the equivalent position is lieutenant governor. 
it was maybe only days later that the task force here in Utah was created. And in following the example of what transpired in Washington, uh, Spencer Cox uh, was appointed the task force leader. That's how I observed it at the time. That's how I continue to observe it now. Now, you may have criticisms of the efficacy of either the federal task force or the task force here in the state of Utah, uh, but there was a pattern set, and I believe there was a pattern followed. Now, beyond that, uh, it's an interesting study. You will have to make up that, that decision for yourself. The last point that I would make on this goes back to that initial tweet that I read to you from Spencer Cox. He, in response to daily criticisms coming from other campaigns, had chosen to make himself less visible in the state's coronavirus response. If I'm a staffer for the lieutenant governor, I would not have advised that. You lead from the front. Even when folks are throwing stones your way, you lead from the front. Uh, that was my big uh, takeaway there. He chose uh, to recoil and some take, take some time away. You can uh, extract from that uh, whatever you would like. I, though, on the other hand, I'm going to take a break right now. And when we come back, uh, we are going to be speaking with Derek Miller, president and CEO of the Salt Lake Chamber and the Downtown Alliance. There is a campaign underway right now. Stay safe to stay open. The Chamber is asking that businesses around the state pledge to conform to certain safety precautions. If they do, they'll have a banner to hang in the window. We'll get the details next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.